0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Victors Club podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode. 2020 is a big year for politics. Not only is it a presidential election, which if you didn't know that, now you know that, but there are important state and local elections as well, which never get as much attention as they should. In addition, 2020 marks 100 years of women's suffrage, which is insane that we've only had the right to vote for 100 years, but... We're celebrating nonetheless. Because of this, I'm going to be doing a series about politics and the current state of things leading up to the election in November called The Victor's Vote. While I like to think that I'm pretty up on my current events, I also have a lot of friends who are a lot smarter than me. So I asked my politics-loving, geeky friend, Sarah Holland, if she would co-host this segment with me. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for agreeing to drop some knowledge on us. Of
1: course. Hey, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I'll be honest, I have a tendency to launch into all the political goings-on, of which there is quite a lot these days, uh, to pretty much anyone who will listen, so it's pretty cool that you actually are asking me and inviting me to chat about it.
0: Yeah, of course. First off, I kind of want to start by just sharing what we'll be focusing on and kind of setting some expectations. So number one, we just want to educate on the election and voting process. So what are the steps? What part of the process should you be participating in? How can you participate? When do you need to be participating? Because there's a lot and there's a lot of information out there. And sometimes it's hard to know exactly <laughs> what is right and yeah. like what what you need to be paying attention to.
1: And it feels like there's been so many more things springing up just in the last couple of years that you can plug
0: into. And so hopefully we can help navigate that landscape. <laughs> yeah. Um, So second is also kind of basics and high level on the candidates and the issues. So our goal is to be educational in a concise and easy to understand way. We also want to stay objective to a degree. So (laughs) what I mean by that is we're going to stay fairly objective, objective within the basic context of what we believe in and stand for. So for example, as women who respect ourselves and other women, we do not support a candidate who brags about grabbing women by the pussy. As fellow women, you should not either. And as men with wives and sisters and mothers and daughters and friends who are women, you should not either. Similarly, when we're talking about local elections, it's a safe assumption that we want more women elected to office. So that's kind of what I mean by being objective to a degree. <laughs> so I hope that makes sense. And also in celebrating women's suffrage, we also kind of want to talk about the impact that women have had and can have on the process and the results of elections when they participate. We want to showcase local elections. So, as I mentioned before, they tend to get overshadowed by the pres- presidential election, but they're so important. So, being in Minneapolis, we'll be talking about some of the local elections and happenings in Minnesota. My adrenaline is already going up. <laughs> <I'm> so stressed. <laughs> That's out. Sarah's favorite topic. So, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> Um, And then finally, and honestly, most importantly, we just want to encourage everyone to actually vote and participate in the process. I would say voting is probably the like kind of the lowest bar of how you can participate. (laughs) There's a lot of other ways you can participate, but voting is super important. So if, you know, you listening to this is encouraging and makes you want to vote, then that's a win for us. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Sarah, can you first just tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: For sure. So um, I'll start with you know me as a as a person, and then kind of go into <laughs> why well, I'm here to to talk to you today about um, politics and all that fun stuff. So, Jen, as you know, um, I'm a bit of a transplant over the years. Uh, I was born in New York, spent most of my childhood in Michigan, went to college in Indiana, moved to Chicago post-grad, and lived in Oklahoma for a few years before finally landing in Minnesota just over five years ago now, Just kind of crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. So it's really exciting to call this state home, put down some roots, and kind of be invested in what its future holds so you can see where this is going, <laughs> um, but uh, Living in North Loop neighborhood, um, have a dog named Bogey married to a guy n- named Derek and uh, work with you as well, which is yeah
0: excellent. So that's how we know each other. We know each other through work. And I think as of, what, April, we'll have worked together for five years. Five years. What kind of crazy. anniversary is that? What kind of
1: metallic good I don't know. I what should know? we buy each other? <laughs> we should look into that. As, <laughs> as
0: my work wife, I probably should buy you a little something for yeah, that. my expectations are very high.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so again, just... Kind of plugging into Minnesota as a state and feeling really invested in its success and everything like that um, has really taken a hold in the last couple of years. But that being said, I'll admit that I I would definitely not have considered myself in the past, quote, civically engaged, let alone an activist per se. I was never in one state long enough to really engage locally. And after all, I did vote for Obama and he won. So all is well, right? (laughs) So we thought. So we thought. It was... Rose-colored glasses. (laughs) Then 2016 happened, which let's not dwell too much on the panic, frustration, anger, night sweats, general fear (laughs) for the morality of our country, and seemingly inevitable transformation of Handmaid's Tale into becoming a reality. (laughs) But we've all had that thought from time to time. Yes, we have. Um, (laughs) But it's important to reflect on a little bit because one, that shit was real. Uh, It is real, I should say. And uh, it really ignited in me a kind of need to do something. Um, I think we all kind of had a moment of, you know, laying on the fainting couch (laughs) in shock and then kind of really realizing, like, we need to get to work. So I'm insanely fortunate to have some friends who also felt that need to to do something. And together, a group of us led by our now co-presidents started MSP Now, which is the Metro Minneapolis-St. Paul chapter of the National Organization for Women. Uh, So shout out to Brie and Alyssa for putting that together and taking the (laughs) reins because we just ran with it as a group. So since then, it's been a whirlwind of three years uh, supporting candidates and causes that matter to us as women, as residents of Minnesota, and just generally as human beings, which is (laughs) kind of a bummer how often it feels like uh, there's kind of a because-duh moment. Looking at you, Equal Rights Amendment. (laughs) Um, But we can talk about some of those specifics kind of in other segments if we want.
0: Yeah. So can you share a little bit about MSP now? Just like basic. So it's a feminist, kind of a general feminist organization, but it leans kind of political. Yes.
1: Yeah. So we are especially, our chapter in particular um, is really focused on legislative action, um, getting folks elected, uh, focusing on that branch, of course, broader, more broadly um, the National Organization for Women has uh, a ton of, of pillars that they're really focused on everything from gender justice which of course kind of weaves its way into legislation mm-hmm. unfortunately um, racial justice LGBTQ rights um, so you know think progressive activism mm-hmm. um, it has a long history obviously when we're talking about suffrage and and things in that realm the National organization has been around for years and years and years and um, Around with big, big figureheads associated to them as well. But our chapter in particular, MSP Now, was kind of a defunct over the years in terms of everybody, again, kind of thinking that we were in pretty good shape. We got Women got it pretty good. Um, <laughs> and so uh, this chapter in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area is really focused on engaging everyone, young and old, men and women, um, in terms of just figuring out ways we can plug in and, and enact uh, impact on, you know, the legislation that's being passed regarding us.
0: So kind of tying in my overall overarching theme of goals, one of your goals for the year is actually related to your involvement with MSP now. Can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned, this whole civic engagement thing is relatively new to me. I got really pissed uh, in case that was not clear (laughs) (laughs) and did something kind of impulsive and very badass, but um, with some friends. And then I had a bit of an oh shit moment. I'm a board member of an organization that is operating in a world that I'm not super familiar with and Mm -hmm. hadn't been super familiar with, whether it's being familiar with the world of politics, being familiar with the world of Minnesota in particular, right? A lot of folks here are born and raised and, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of familiar faces. So the challenge that I'm kind of trying to, to face and the goal for 2020 for me is really beating back kind of the relentless creep of imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. and just doing the work. Um, Imposter syndrome is really all, it might be self-inflicted more than anything, (laughs) um, but it's a bummer. I think like most people, when I commit to something, I want to be really friggin' awesome at it immediately, especially something with such high stakes as Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. And when I'm not, I don't, when I don't know the faces of the, the local politicians, this is such like an absurd standard to hold oneself to, uh, but I don't know the names and the faces of every every local official that like I bump into at fundraisers and things like that. I don't know all the rules and the bills and the processes, um, the organizations, the coalitions. There's so many moving parts, it felt like, when 2016 happened... And a lot of people felt like they had to do something really quickly and they all like scattered and like built new groups and we're trying to mm-hmm. build coalitions, we're trying to figure it out. And I really have, I've given myself a very little leeway and very little patience um, to the point where I will actually, and I've found over the course of the last year in particular, I kind of started to withdraw a little bit because you don't want to be bad at things. And not to say <laughs> no, it's bad no at likes, things, but it's no just, you know, it's its own world. Um, and so when your mom's calling you about, how proud she is that you're doing this work. And I'm just kind of thinking, I'm not really doing anything. i mean, doing the work, but it's really these other women that are on this board that are, like, these hyper-capable women just crushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
0: because a lot of the other women who are involved in the organization are, at, like, when I say actually politically involved, I mean, like, they've run campaigns. They've run for office. They've done things like that. The funny
1: thing is not necessarily. Really? We have
0: one board member... Um, currently,
1: who is a campaign manager? Okay. Not as her full time job, mind you. Mm-hmm. She's just like doing that when she says she um, doesn't do things small. Like she tends to, <laughs> she, she tends really, to commit. <laughs> really commit, really um, commit. She's one of our co-presidents, and and literally is campaign managing a race up in Saint Cloud. <laughs> As a passion project, for lack of a better term. Oh. Um But it's such an important race. And if you talk, we can talk a little bit more about the Minnesota landscape. <laughs> but, like, it's one of the seats we think we can flip in the Senate. Wow. So she's just, like, up there, like, crushing it, running campaigns, being amazing. And then um, one of our other board members started a podcast, which I shamelessly plug, um, Renegade Feminist. And it's kind of associated to MSP now, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. In terms of just coming in and kind of rolling up the sleeves and, and crushing yeah. it. About. Two of our other board members started a 5K. You know, the Run Like a Girl 5K is donating tons of money to Women Winning, which is an organization focused on getting pro-choice women elected to office. But they kind of came in and said, I think we should, I think we should do a 5K in that year. <laughs> we did a 5K. And then last year, Amy Klobuchar, one of our presidential nominees, came and kicked off the 5K. So just like this this hyper-capable group of women mm-hmm. coming in and doing it and then, you know, being so awestruck at, at their capabilities and just kind of being like, oh, shit, this is, <laughs> this is a lot. This is cool. It's, it's intimidating and it's inspiring and it's a little inducing
0: of the uh, imposter syndrome sometimes. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's definitely a real thing. I feel like it's probably something that everyone experiences at some point, whether you know it's called the imposter syndrome or not. But, I mean, I definitely feel it I started a podcast like literally before I started this podcast I'd never recorded my voice before once and I started a podcast about like achieving goals and I'm not like this crazy high achieving human being like I mean I have my shit together but so like it's real I mean I was absolutely terrified before I like shared this podcast out with the world because of like who am, who am I to think that I'm important enough that people want to listen to me, what I have to say, my ideas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's real. I think it's probably something that everyone experiences at least some point in their life, in some area of their life. So, and it's real and it, you're right. I mean, it is completely mental and yeah. something you kind of just have to.
1: And I think it's especially, sorry guys, I think it's especially real for women. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago at the midterms, we all remember that fun time. Um, <laughs> You can imagine MSP Now was quite uh, busy when we were meeting with a lot of local candidates, and particularly women candidates, many running for the first time because, similar to us, they got pissed and wanted to do some shit. Yeah. And so many of them echoed kind of similar hang-ups. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were confident and capable and, like, you know, by far the most qualified candidates in many, many cases but, you know, being first-timers, who am I to come in and inflict my opinions and my, my values on, on these folks? So navigating this kind of institution and being willing to learn on the fly was an interesting kind of theme that we kind of heard from a lot of those female candidates that were running for the first time, but just hyper-capable.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think you being on this podcast is <laughs> <laughs> kind of going for it.
1: <laughs> I mean, thanks for the opportunity, <laughs>
0: of getting into the political side of things. Um, I was hoping for this first episode just to cover kind of some of the very basics of like the political landscape right now and what's going on. There's a lot. Um, <laughs> I think everyone's kind of aware of that but starting with I think probably the most visible and the thing that's hottest on people's minds which is the presidential election. So like can you just give us a down and dirty of where we're at in the process right now? Yes. I what day is it? <laughs> no. So yeah, actually, for context, we are uh, recording this on what? It's Wednesday. Oh my God, it's only Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday, uh, February twelfth.
1: Okay, so um, the short answer is we're
0: still very early in the
1: process. <laughs> yeah. We just had. Uh, it is crunch time for the Democratic candidates to make their case, though the polls are changing kind of like daily, yes. minutely, <laughs> if you mm-hmm. will, so that you so you may know that the Democratic Primaries in the process of deciding who will kind of run run against Trump uh, start in Iowa. We've gotten past the Iowa caucus, barely, around <laughs> a little bit of controversy mm-hmm. um, because they have been using, we don't need to go into the, that whole um, can of worms, but there was a little bit of uh, controversy there and the returns are really, really late. So we still don't have yeah. all of the returns. And uh, the uh, one of the candidates, Bernie's uh, candidate, team is actually asking for some recounts of some things so interesting the iowa caucus was pretty unhelpful a cluster <laughs> a bit of a cluster yeah <laughs> um and then the new hampshire primary just happened as well this past tuesday after a debate that happened on friday mm-hmm. that being said the majority of the states will allocate their delegates on march 3rd which is a you know super tuesday as it's well known yes so if you're listening from minnesota this includes you go home, get a sticker <laughs> um, so that's kind of a, a really critical date in terms of um, getting a better idea on who's going to be the mm-hmm. candidate. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of them, so... I know. Um, and then July 13th through 16th is the Democratic Convention um, where we'll have our candidate, and then it's kind of all about getting that person elected. <laughs> yeah.
0: So once we have that person, yeah. then the real fight starts. Yes. Who is still running for the Democrat ticket. And this can kind of be two questions. One is, like, who is technically still in? And the second question is, who is realistically still in? Sure. So, Steyer and Gabbard are the two that are kind of fringe,
1: not likely mm-hmm. to, to go far. But as you recall, we started with a metric shit ton of Sun <laughs> yes. candidates. Um, Like, couldn't have them all on a stage measure. So we had to <laughs> debates have two on tonight debates. Um, like, that how many we have. As of this recording, we've narrowed the field all the way down to eight. <laughs> eight wow. candidates are still in. So this still very full field of candidates are all jockeying for position. But realistically, we're looking at five that are going to be kind of dominating the discussion as we move towards the uh, South Carolina and Nevada primaries, which are the next ones. So Bernie Sanders, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Joe Biden, and Mayor Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> um, we can discuss whether we want to acknowledge Michael Bloomberg as being quote in the race. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Bloomberg, Mike, as he sorry, likes to go I by now. Like Mike, um, as the like resounding cheer for his <laughs> for his camp. But I'm not going to. So, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's it's, it's really I like it. yeah. Bernie, Elizabeth, Amy, Joe, and Pete. Bernie and and Pete both had pretty good showings in in New Hampshire and Iowa. Amy Klobuchar has been on a steady rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden's been kind of underperforming, but that's kind of how he has done over the years. <laughs> Every year he's run for president. He's he's done actually like four, I think fourth or lower in all the primaries. Oh,
0: really? Interesting.
1: But he stands to do well in South Carolina and Nevada, um, which are the next ones. And then, yeah, we have Warren, who is, she's been steady. She's been like very consistent. The uh, general consensus is she's very... She's a very disciplined debater. Her, she's mm-hmm. always on on message, um, so it kind of makes sense that her performance has also been very kind of like consistent and steady. Um, while some of the like moderates are trading trading votes amongst each other, And yeah. Bernie, of course, has a really energetic
0: crowd behind him. Yeah. So. As we mentioned earlier, a lot of people get very focused on the presidential election and that they forget there's a lot going on in their state and local elections, the outcomes of which can have just as big of an impact on your day-to-day life. We live in Minnesota. What's notable about uh, elections going on in Minnesota this year? Oh, my
1: God. so glad you asked. (laughs) First of all, when you say as big of an impact on your day-to-day life... I think they have an even higher one bigger I literally door knocked for Ramsey County Commissioner this past fall which who am I <laughs> this is not something I would have expected from myself three years ago <laughs> but I was like so passionate about like the role of a county commissioner <laughs> um, because it's where all of the kind of policy
0: hits the ground yeah, can you can you explain what a county commissioner no. does because just like a just real quick because I don't know
1: yeah, I mean, when we talk about things like bills and things that get passed down from the Capitol, they're the ones who figure out how to like do it, Got it. To like implement, implement execute, it, to execute it. Really focused on things like budgets, um, logistics, mm-hmm. um, priorities. Working with a lot of the local, whether it's like unions or groups that have interest. I mean, they're like the face of the legislation for that county. So, Got like, it. you're going to town halls and things to make sure that your voice is being heard and then implemented in the right way. Got it. Cool. So yeah, Ramsey County it's Commissioner. Very, very
0: passionate about <laughs> Ramsey County
1: Commissioner. <laughs> it's just like doing the stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's actually like, it's really energizing when you're looking at those roles and, and the impact it can have. And because they operate in kind of a smaller sphere, you can get involved with them so quickly and like actually mm-hmm. have an impact. But to answer your question about what's notable about Minnesota elections coming up, my answer is all of it. <laughs> we are literally refreshing all of our Minnesota governmental positions. Um, and what I mean by that is literally like, everyone's up for election. Yeah. So if I can just like frame it as like, let's go federal, and then we can talk about state. because yeah. it's all happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so federal, uh, US Senate, we have one senator up for reelection. That's Tina Smith. So that might sound like a really familiar name. She mm-hmm. took over, because she's our senator, but also she took over for Al Franken um, when he stepped down two years ago. So she gets to go through reelection again. Got already. it. Okay. We like her. She's great. Uh, <laughs> and also the guy running against her super sucks and is problematic mm-hmm. in many ways. So go so. Tina. Yeah. <laughs> then we have the U.S. House. So U.S. Senate, U.S. House. The U.S. House has all eight reps up for re-election. So your candidate will obviously depend on what district you live in. Uh, if you're in the St. Paul area, likely District 4, which is Betty McCollum. Very popular name. She's kind of our senior ranking rep. And then District 5, which is your and my representative, is Ilhan Omar. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a lot of name recognition there. Yes, totally. <laughs> um so, obviously, both of those are pretty safe seats, mm-hmm. um, but they're still all up for yeah. election. So, if that's federal, then we have the state has 201 seats oh, that God. are up for, <laughs> for election. Um, so, when we think of state senators, um, that's currently GOP majority, and the Minnesota House is currently DFL majority, and then, of course, Tim Walls is uh, our governor, mm-hmm. and he is... DFL. So one of our biggest focuses that I kind of alluded to earlier when I was talking about um, re-managing that campaign up in St. Paul or St. Cloud is the need to flip the Senate Mm -hmm. um, because then that would give us kind of a a trifecta. So we're going to be hitting the pavement hard for um, some of those flippable Senate seats. And everything's kind of There's some really good opportunities to flip the Senate, but I mean, in the last couple elections, there's been some pretty wonky, like, blue to red, red to blue, Mm -hmm. trading seats. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. So yeah, the other thing that I'll mention that is like a, holy shit, this is so important, I hope people realize how important this Mm -hmm. is, is that we have a census this year, after which the folks that we elect in (laughs) these... many, many, many elections. <laughs> They're going to be drawing our legislative and congressional maps for the next 10 years. So for every garbage thing you've heard around the term like gerrymandering, mm-hmm. this is where it happens. So please fill out your census. They'll, they'll be going out in, I think, in April. And to vote for your state reps and senators because they are about to wield a ton of power um, through that process.
0: I think that's really good to know because I, I feel like people don't really understand the importance of the census and mm-hmm. what that means. Like I feel like people just think it's like, oh, they just want to know like the statistics of our population, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Um it's yeah. It is so important not only um in terms of drawing the districts but determining how many representatives we even have, mm-hmm. budget and resources for communities because we can't identify how many people are in certain communities, it affects the bu- literally directly the budget that the, mm-hmm. that the government gets to support those communities. So it's super critical.
0: Complete your census, people. <laughs> here. here. <laughs> so what are some key dates that people should be aware of this year as far as when they can participate in the process? Sure. So the, the big
1: ones are um, Super Tuesday, as I, as I mentioned, which is the presidential primary for Minnesotans. I guess what I'll say first is the most crucial date right now is today. Go confirm that you're registered to vote. Yes. Registering to vote is super easy. You can do it online. Do it if you've moved, even if you've moved units within an apartment building. So Minnesota is actually very good about uh, vo- voter registration and voting laws um, in terms of being able to vote same day. Um, or absentee, but just just knock it out of the way. Just yeah. go hop on the website, Secretary of State website, and get it done. Um, otherwise, the uh, Super Tuesday date is March 3rd, presidential primaries. Then there's the August 11th primary elections for the Minnesota primaries. So that's go vote. Case it didn't emphasize this enough. Holy shit, it's important. Senators, <laughs> reps, census, gerrymandering, uh... <laughs> um, like like important in a way that's not just go vote like talk to people go with people spread the word I will be going with some friends to the polls making a night of it fun and times to be had by all <laughs> November third might be a, a big day again <laughs> go vote in case it didn't emphasize enough holy shit this is important <laughs> like important again in a way that it's not just about going and filling out your ballot and getting a sticker have the conversations, encourage others to go with you, um, have a plan, ask other people to share their plan with you.
0: Turnout's going to be super important. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else that you think is important to share kind of in this episode of the context of talking about basics of kind of this political process and yeah, I what's mean, going on?
1: I think the, what we were saying earlier about local elections, I mean, yes national politics gets a lot of the spotlight in terms of like pithy headlines and you know kind of this sensationalist approach that I think everybody agreed and aligned on that it's exhausting but important to like not normalize mm-hmm. um so like not just shutting down but it has been so energizing engaging locally in terms of actually putting faces to the process a little bit more education on process though there's still so much to learn from my perspective and you know, I think there's there's a lot of complexities. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of, when you're asked about important dates, those were like election dates, but I'd love to share many more in terms of opportunities to participate. Mm-hmm. We're always hosting things like door knocks, lobbying days, phone banks, fundraisers, Um, So check out MSP now on Facebook and your Insta.
0: And I think that's like a, so like what, what would you recommend? So if someone wants to be involved in the process more than just filling out their census and going to vote on those dates, like what are some ways that they could participate?
1: I'd say first engage, it feels exhausting. um, But this year it's super important that just staying tuned in and having conversations is huge. I'd say first engage in conversations MSP now hosts a ton of activities, uh, whether it's door knocking and phone banking, which is really some of the most valuable work you can do for a candidate or a cause. Mm-hmm. I would say it's not it doesn't always have to be for a candidate. It yeah. can just be for a cause or a specific piece of legislation. Okay. Or even just get out the vote as we come into the the summer and fall. Obviously, there'll be huge presses just to make sure that people know when when and how they can get out to vote so there'll be a lot of opportunities there opportunities to register people to vote. I just went to a, a neighborhood meeting where I registered 40 people to Whoa. vote because they had all moved to the neighborhood. Yeah. Um. So that's super easy and gratifying as well and important. Again, door knocking. How many times have I said door knocking? It's like the thing that the candidates <laughs> love the most. I know what your favorite task is. <laughs> is so afraid of it and it is a little, it is daunting. It, I'll be honest, it is daunting, but it is so important. It's so gratifying when you're done. That said, nobody wants to start with door knocking. That's a pretty <laughs> high barrier to entry. Yeah. So we also host things like notes for votes, where we write to um, either folks about candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, we write to folks who uh, we just door knocked for, and even if you didn't do the door knocking and said, thanks for the conversation. It was really great to, to hear your input and pass that up to our candidate. Or even just uh, writing thank yous to legislators who have taken a stand and passed legislation or proposed legislation or opposed legislation um, (laughs) that aligns to, you know, the values of Mm -hmm. of the organization. So, you know, kind of varying levels of uh, barriers to entry Mm -hmm. that hopefully something for everyone. And we also do some social events as well. So if you want to just come talk um, to folks who uh, you have questions for or anything like that, and if you like podcasts with badass women, which I'm guessing your listeners do, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot recommend enough the Renegade Feminist podcast, um, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. All of that I've shared today has basically been Spark Notes versions from those gals who are way smarter, wittier, and funnier than I am, uh, and they go deep on Minnesota politics and how you can
0: get involved. I have my link to the podcast in the show notes, so if anyone wants basically any of the information we've talked about... But- especially the podcast. I'll link to it on my site, so you can head there.
1: And then this year, we need to get out the vote, so lots of opportunities to get plugged in. If you take one
0: thing away, (laughs) It's kind of a really big year. It (laughs) is. Yeah, just go vote. Like, it is your right. Women worked really hard to get the vote, the right to vote. That's a good point. I think that um, we... uh, And men. Men help, too. Some men do. Oh, yeah.
1: Everyone, go vote. All of you. Minnesota having such great voting uh laws in terms of absentee like like i mentioned earlier absentee Mm -hmm. early um early voting is open now so if you don't it's kind of a
0: slap in the face to those who can't yeah we're gonna shift focus briefly to finish out so we're gonna just as i do with all of my guests you shared one of your goals for this year but i want you to talk a little bit about a couple other goals that you have so can you share some of the goals you're focusing on this year
1: yeah, so um, so kind of connected to the MSP now. One of my goals has to be politically right. <laughs> so door knocking for every candidate that the MSP now pack endorses. Like I said, it can be daunting, but it's important work. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and energizing though. So then two like totally not politically involved uh, items is two is play my guitar more <laughs> that's a good one I used to totally be that person who would like just take out the guitar man and like play like I don't know landslide you like played at campfire. children's birthday parties well I
0: know that we've, I mean, yes
1: <laughs> I know a lot of <laughs> Casper baby pants um so maybe I might move back to a different genre but I don't know it was like something that I used to really love like especially like at camp and just like yeah. being that person and I like tried it the other day, and I lost my calluses. Oh and man, they, like, finger dexterity! It's just—it's all very nerdy, but um, it brings me joy, and so I want to try to do it more. That's a good one. Yeah, and like learning new songs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. And then three, I want to be better at visiting my friends and fam- family out of town
0: because mm-hmm.
1: you have a lot <laughs> that live not in Minnesota. Yeah, like most of them. Yeah, like any of the family. My husband has a cousin here. But otherwise, most of my family is still back in Michigan or my sister is in Seattle with my Mm -hmm. niece and nephew. So just like making that more of a priority. Um, And then, of course, my friends as well. We travel a lot. My husband and I both travel a ton for work and for um, pleasure. But regional trips to like Chicago and down to Oklahoma to visit some of those old friends would be really Mm -hmm.
0: important to me to, to do some more of. Yeah. That's oh, a good yeah. one, too. I like those. It's like travel, but it's, it's just specific. It's just making an effort to see people who are important to you. It's always yeah. good, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, so as I said, this is going to be kind of an ongoing like segment or series leading up to November. So Should we talk about caucuses at some point? <gasps> yeah, we can. Oh, my gosh. We're going to get real nerdy about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it wasn't nerdy enough already. No. <laughs> um, you did invite me here. This is, this is on you. <laughs> I, I'm kind of thinking we'll do an episode like maybe every other month. And then as we get closer, maybe a little more frequent. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We have to figure that maybe out. Map it and out. then um, each episode moving forward will probably be a little more focused. This one, again, was just kind of an intro and some basics. But yeah. Setting the stage. Setting the stage. Bum, so bum, bum. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed this. Uh, we geek out over it. And <laughs> it is super important. So I hope you found some value in it. Uh, Yeah. Thanks again, Sarah.
1: Thanks, Jen. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you guys next week. Go vote. Register to vote and (laughs) vote.